Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. And as I mentioned in the past video, the solo episode focusing on season two, I mentioned I'd be doing these solo episodes. Episodes that can just focus on a particular topic that I find interesting or valid of a deeper conversation and something more of a focus. And it's kind of akin to how I do it when I do speaking events and having this one-way conversation from my mind to yours. Um, so I'm really excited about this. I couldn't sleep. Um, I'm still somewhat adjusting back from travel. I just got back from London, which was amazing. It was so great to be out and traveling again. Uh, I, I really do appreciate being in Europe. It's really wonderful from a, an American perspective. I think it's, um, it's a cool place. I love how diverse and multicultural that city feels. I, I really do feel like it's the New York equivalent to Europe in a lot of ways, which is really cool. Hopefully that's a compliment. <laughs> um, but it was wonderful. I had such a great time there. I spoke at an event called ASAI, which was really great. And it was run by some very kind and great, super great hosts, which was amazing. And I got a chance to see some amazing friends, which was amazing. Just awesome. It was all around just a great trip, but it was such a blur. And so my body's still adjusting and um, I'm just now kind of coming down from this crazy trip, which is great. And yeah, I've been thinking, um, I wasn't planning on doing this episode like so quickly, but I've been keeping a document in my phone and I, uh, every time I interact with this thing called AI art, I have a lot of thoughts and usually I'll have a discussion with friends or we'll kind of talk about it. And there's always something to grab from it, which I think is really interesting. It's so fascinating and so interesting. And I just had this document. I've been kept adding to it over the past months as, as I've been learning and, and working with it. Oh, and the reason why I kind of bring this up and something that sparked all of this, you know, to do this topic again was at the event, I did my, my talk and it was kind of focused on a different topic. And then also on top of that is I was invited to be a part of a panel, a speakers panel amongst like seven other uh, speakers. And, and it was really great. It was amazing. And the whole thing was focused on AI art. So it kind of got me thinking again and I kept rolling all the thoughts in and it was some amazing thoughts. And I wish we could have done it for longer because I felt like there was just this is such a big, broad topic, but it really got me sparked again. So thank you guys for doing that. And, um, yeah, it was, there's, it was just really powerful to discuss that amongst people in front of people on a stage and really have to find really true answers from within, which I think was really great. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating and, I kind of been writing out a bunch of my thoughts as they kind of come and I wanted to kind of collect them and put them into an episode, which I think is a perfect format for this. I think also this is a really valid and important episode and a really valid and important thing for us to discuss. This is going to be part one of potential, however many episodes it needs to be. It's going to be kind of based on, how much more data I can gather my, as my perspectives and things 
switch because this thing is artificial intelligent art is shifting so fast and so much and things are happening so rapidly that it's just going to change and evolve. My perspective of this is going to change and evolve. And I hope for you, it's going to be the same. Um, but I love how disruptive it is. I really love it. Um, I'm going to talk about some things in, in, in here and I have a presentation kind of thing to show as well. Uh, if you're listening, I think you'll be fine. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, that's probably like a good way to watch it as well. I'll have some, some, just some type, some slides, but, uh, listening is going to be totally fine. So those of you that listen, um, shouldn't be too lost on it. This is designed to stimulate my mind. It's designed to stimulate your mind and it's designed to really get us creating a conversation, not between myself and you only, but between yourself and yourself and also those around you in this space. I found, uh, a few really great videos of people kind of breaking down very educated scientific engineer kind of minds on this topic. And I thought it was wonderful and they've done an incredible job articulating it and educating people on it. But I have not found uh, a whole lot of stuff and maybe it just could be my inability to search for the right prompt to find things. Um, but I haven't found an artist and, a, and what I mean by artist, I mean somebody that's dedicated a significant chunk of their existence and time on this planet to image creation. I've not found some like a really definitive perspective from an artist and I wanted to give my perspective on it. I think it's, it's interesting. It's, there might be some weird opinions that I have that will definitely shift and change, but yeah, I'm also curious what you think, you know, I think when we're p publishing this off, we're going to put it into, onto YouTube and you guys can talk there. And then obviously on Instagram and so on and so forth. I'm not super good at keeping up with all the comments and stuff, but, uh, I'll make sure that Andrew and Aaron potentially can, you know, cherry pick some stuff and we can put them into the potential part two. But, um, yeah, let's get into, it. I think that covers most of everything. Um, hope you and your family and everybody's healthy and doing well. It's really nice to be back. Um, my soul needed this, as I mentioned last time I've missed it. I've missed being a part of the community and I think it makes me a better person. So I'm really happy to be back and also thank you all for your super kind and generous thoughts. When this came back, it was, uh, it was great. I know for years now people have been asking about the podcast and when it's going to come back and it's nice to be back. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, all right. Got a presentation here. So as I mentioned, this is uh, part one of artificial intelligent art and it is, I don't even know the episode number, but yeah, we're going to get into it. It's going to be an interesting conversation. So I'm going to start these with always with these. I feel m more so now than ever that we are getting offended by things. Um, and I understand why people get offended. Uh, I can totally empathize with people being offended to things. Um, I also like that. And I want to make sure, I think this is like a good app. I think this is a good perspective to have or a good place to do these kind of things potentially 
I'm not sure if this solo episode is going to be the greatest, but I think it, it keeps it more clear. It's just me, me to you. Um, but yeah, these are just my personal views. Um, they're subjective, they're designed and they're, they're going to change and they're going to evolve with time. So if I say something here that triggers an emotional response from you, that's anything other than positive, I apologize. Please understand that that's not my design. Uh, that is not my goal. Um, not necessarily unless you, uh, are offended easily. I think if anything, I just hope that you think about this stuff that I'm saying and it becomes something for us to chew on and really get into it. Cause I'm going to say some interesting controversial things I think. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, but anyways, I'm going to start these always with this slide because, and this perspective, because I really don't want to offend anybody. Not, I'm not doing this to create uh, villains. I'm doing this to create friends and thoughts. So uh, I think I kind of mentioned why I want to discuss this, but briefly I want to dis- I wanted to bring this up because I feel like as an artist living in this era, in this time, I can't recall and I'm not a, I'm a, I love art history and I'm a student of it always, but I can't recall the last time in humanity and art history where art was this, was moving this fast. I've never seen it ever be this intertwined and connected to technology. And when I mentioned art, I'm speaking about digital art specifically. So when I mentioned that, just keep that in mind our art is directly connected to industry and technology. Like it's intrinsic. It's basically fused to it. We as digital artists are dependent and connected intimately with the programmers who design and build the programs in which we interact with, which is huge. That's massive. Um, that's never happened really at this level. It's been connected obviously to to, to, to science technology. Of course, I would never say otherwise, but this is a huge thing. And then now we have with NFTs and and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole episode that I will cover because I think that's another really interesting, controversial topic to be discussed. But with NFTs um, and non-fungible tokens and the blockchain and this new nascent currency, how, how, how digital art has now had finally authorship, but it's attached to some, this really volatile new currency, which is again, crazy. Like artist authenticity is connected to a nascent new form of currency, which is, is wild. So those two things. And then on top of that, the trifecta, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligent image creation, which is simply insane. It's just mental what this, what this technology is doing. Um, how much it's progressed and grown since I've started using it. It's been insane. Uh, It's been really wild. These are all my views uh, as of November 20th, 2022. Again, subject to change. When I Googled AI art, I just grabbed this off of, of Google. AI art refers to art generated with the assistance of artificial intelligence AI is a field of computer science that focuses on building machines that mimic human intelligence or even stimulates the brain, human brain through a set of algorithms. So 
for those of you that are up to speed on this, that's why I mentioned the date 11, 2020, 2022. This is changing every day, every hour, <laughs> every week, every month. Every month is exponential. It just keeps getting crazier and crazier. But if you're new to this, there's kind of three players as of now. And uh, forgive me because I'm not as saturated into this space because I have so much going on in my life outside of this. I'm also a father and I'm also uh run my company with my wife and there's just a lot of stuff going on, but I do really love and engage and love to know about these things. So if there's more things out there, more devices and technology and, and things, please let me know. The And I will say I've only tried mid journey out of all of them. Um, I've watched videos on all three, uh, but the number one, uh, I just put on number one. There's no order. I think they're all offer different things, but stable diffusion seems to have been on the rise recently. It's been making some incredible stuff. I've seen some friends share some incredible stuff. It's just really, uh, there's no words for it. Honestly, it's just crazy. It's one of the craziest things I've seen. Stable diffusion. I think it's, it's it tends to use more photorealistic kind of results. It seems like that I've seen. Um, especially, especially for facial and human recreation, uh, mid journey tends to be more on the artistic side, but they've just done like a V four or V five, or I don't even know what's going on there, but, and I, I haven't used it for like a month. And then a friend just recently showed me some stuff that they're doing, which is on the dev side. And it's just really bizarre and wild what it can do really something special. And it's crazy to see how much it's evolved since I've first started using it. Um, and then there's Dolly, which I believe is Google's thing. Um, all like, again, I've not used stable diffusion or Dolly, but I've had, I've seen friends use both. Um, I think there's also disco diffusion, which allows you to kind of work with the art and change it. But I think they're all doing that now. And it looks like mid journey's latest build is using some stuff from stable diffusion. I'm not really sure. Again, I'm not ultra educated on it, but these are the three players. If you're interested in this and you're new to this, I would suggest checking out all three. If you want to have something that's like kind of point like point and click kind of thing and just get to it, I would maybe try and suggest using mid journey. I did look into stable diffusion and I tried to make it so I could render the images on my own local computer using the GPUs. But again, it just got convoluted and there was just a bunch of stuff. I could be missing some things and it probably changed ever since then. So bear with me, but the user interface between those, um, between stable diffusion and Dolly, I, I didn't know if I, if I really enjoyed it. I got, um, the beta access to Dolly and mid journey and I started using mid journey. I find it fascinating. It's really just great. So let's get into it. Uh, controversial thoughts. I'm going to have a lot of them here and I'm going to try and get into it, but remember that disclaimer I mentioned earlier. So, um, I don't want people getting pissed, but at the same time, this is designed to provoke and create thought. So these are some controversial thoughts, uh, controversial thought one. And I realized I didn't number these on the slides. So accordingly, uh, again, I didn't sleep much and I got really excited. So forgive my spelling errors and any of the errors on the slides. Um, so controversial thought number one, creating a pretty picture is no longer the point and goal. This is something that really hit me right off the bat. And this is going to kind of be something I'm going to discuss a little bit further, but creating pretty, a pretty picture is no longer the point and goal. What do I mean by that? I think that 
when I first started doing art, when I first started making art, it was more or less a way to kind of escape into my imagination. And then I discovered like comic books and was introduced to all different types of art. And for the longest time, it was all about how you can render an image that would have a sense of realism, a sense of energy, a sense of you know, place, uh, composition, um, emotion, all that kind of great, amazing stuff, which is ultimately if you're classically trained in image creation, uh, then you have those fundamentals. And those fundamentals are key to making an aesthetically appealing image if that's your goal, which is most of people's goals. Like if you look online and you look at art that's prolific or is passed around or shared or so on and so forth, even subjective or not subjective. You look at like, you know, um, common places like Behance or art station or, um, any of these places, basically the, the things that trend or become, uh, appealing or interesting to the masses is images that are pretty. They have a, they have a, an, a, a, co- a cohesive, uh, embrace basically to the, to the viewer and with this new ai tool i'll just call it a tool it eliminates that almost it basically takes away it takes away the craft in in many ways it takes away the the process in many ways it the process shifts and changes completely because you're using prompt and for those of you that have not used this you basically set a, a uh, you 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 feed this uh, AI bot basically a set of words in sequence of words, and it will generate an image based off your words. So now it's becoming more about your imagination, your taste, your curiosity, and all of these things kind of feed that. So now, in a sense, in many ways, creating a pretty picture is no longer the point or the goal, which makes it really interesting because for way too long i feel like and i'm talking about digital art and period for way too long i feel like there's been this weird thing where people are fascinated by you know hey what brush did you use or what camera did you use or what button did you hit and blah 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 that's not the point um it's a part of it and process, I like process. I think process is cool. I enjoy it, but I also don't like it. I also don't like that that's become like process porn. I don't like that. And I think that it takes away from the main goal. In my opinion, and this is just mine, again, what we're doing is making things. We're making things to create an emotion between ourselves and the image and the rest of the world or whatever the intention is. And I've never sat down and said, Hey, I want to sit down and do some poly modeling and leaving and all this horrible crap. I hate that stuff. It's, but it's, it's a part of it, but that's, that's an old interface device. This whole thing is, is, is going, okay, well let's just throw all of that aside and let's get you right back to your imagination. Let's get you back to your thought. Let's get you back to your curious side. And I think that's really disruptive because I think for a long time now, people have gotten completely locked into this idea that value of art comes from how long you've sat there and punished yourself through it, which has a value. It's definitely a different value. 
but I've ran into people where like, hey, if you didn't model everything, then it's not yours or it's not worthy or blah, blah, blah. That's a bunch of crap. And also, I think with this, it's also going to just put that point to the furthest degree is that this is all just, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is happening and it's crazy that this is happening so rapidly. So I really do think that right now with this tool, it's going to shake up that whole concept like uh, of, of this process porn stuff that's been happening for a long time. It takes, it takes that and it, and it, and it shifts our point in perspective. And the other controversial thought, the next one I have that I've just jotted down in my phone when I was, you know, the thoughts I had is if everyone is an artist, then no one is. And that's kind of a pessimistic view, but let me explain when everybody can do something, then it alleviates, it eliminates the specialness of it. We love a magic trick because the magician's doing it. And we love to see that happen. I love magic trick. I love it when I see somebody do something that I cannot do. It inspires me. Um, I love that. That's one of the reasons why I love art so much. I love it when I see another artist's mind. You know, this is something I've always said, and I believe in my heart, is that the currency of our existence in a lot of degrees and in, in, in my intention is that art is a form of expression and it's one of those special things that we can do and when we're really doing it and regardless of your gender, what piece of dirt you were born on on this planet, wherever you come from, your art is who you are. It is the thing that you have within yourself to share with the world and I think that's really important. So when I mentioned that if everyone is an artist, then no one is. If everybody's an artist, then everybody's creating and everybody is is curious. Everybody is is thinking. And to me, that's wonderful. So this is a like kind of a paradigm thought, but at the same time, a wonderful one. I haven't, I can't count the amount of time, the amount of times that when I introduce myself and somebody asks what I do, and I tell them what I do, they say, oh, I used to draw or I used to be an artist or blah, blah, blah. And I always ask them like, well, why did you stop? And they said, you know, you know, life or whatever. And I, I think that's sad. You know, I think that this, these kind of tools are really interesting. And, and it brings up my next point here is artists who are artists, but never could become artists are now artists. <laughs> A lot of artists in that sentence. Let me say it one more time for those of you that are not watching the slide artists who are artists, but never could become artists are now artists. What do I mean by that? Well, let's think about the people that are busy or never followed their dreams for whatever reason they have life get in the way and life is relentless and not everybody has made the choices or has been blessed enough to pursue art. Um, but now in a sense, they can become artists, which is wonderful, right? If everybody, if, if, if my theory of this is, is correct, that we are all creators, we are all artists in a sense, and we all have an identity to share with one another. If that's the case in most regards, then now this opens up the gates for people that 
most people would probably say, well, didn't earn the right to recreate and, and, and certain degree. Yeah. And that currency and that range, like if you didn't sit for hours and hours and months and days and years perfecting your craft, um, and you just go off and make something sure to the currency of what that means to people. Like, Hey, if you haven't put in your 10,000 hours and you can't play in this, in this arena, I agree with that. I also agree that this is a whole new arena that doesn't play by those rules and neither is right. Neither is wrong, but I'm more or less focused and, and excited and energized by the fact that people can now become more creative. And I love that because my end goal is I love it when people are able to express themselves and be able to, um, even if there's opposing views, I think it's wonderful. And, and I think that's really what art is designed to do. And I think that this is going to be a tool to unleash a lot of potential in people that wanted to be artists. Life got in the way or whatever reason, and we're not able to be artists. They have these incredible imaginations within themselves, but they lacked the skill or the ability to learn these programs and softwares and uh, hand-eye coordination to draw, now they can kind of essentially become an artist, which I think is really fascinating. This is going to be an artist evolution where artists are not artists become artists, which is fascinating. <laughs> and it's something I'm really curious to see what evolves from. It could, I could be completely wrong, but I think this is, opens up the gates for a lot of people, which I, I find fascinating. The next one is everything is a remix you know, this is something that's been brought up a lot that no, there's no such thing as an original piece of art anymore. And to a degree, I, I do agree with that to a certain degree, but I also think that just the simple act of doing and the act of creating and the act of ex existing within the creative realm and making something, I think that's authentic and unique enough. Um, but this is all theory. Again, I need to put some more thoughts to this, but and I read a really cool book a while ago. I can't remember all the details, but it was basically about everything being a remix, which is um, an interesting thought. And I do agree. And what I have here in the slide is that everything's a, a remix, especially AI art. So AI art is literally taking, it's literally taking your words and using, because we, we fill the internet in this, this space with an absurd, like an absurd amount of our imagery the data is all there and AIR is basically taking things from everywhere, other artists, other paintings, all of these things, and it's regenerating it. It's basically remixing it. And for some reason I'm bringing up like the thought of vanilla ice's, uh, David Bowie track that he did the ice ice baby track. Dun, 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 dun. And under pressure, basically. So him remixing that people had an uproar. People that love David Bowie were like, what the hell? And then vanilla ice is like, well, I just shifted it and added one more beat, <laughs> you know? And then vanilla ice's track became, you know, infamous and world famous. So we all like a remix. I think it's just, it's, it's really complicated. Obviously we are complicated people. And, and, and I think that using this art and I've seen so many people really hate AI art and I feel for you. I really do. Um, I, you know, hate's a strong word. I've seen it like crazy. Um, 
I also feel for you though. I, and I, and I, and there's a lot of, lots of valid points that people that despise this, you know, people that despise this will say like, you know, you're using the art of a dead person to create your happiness and so on and so forth. And I'm referring to in a prompt when you'd say like, you know, in the style of Picasso or whatever. And these are people that are past that have a lot of data online because they're well documented. When you say like, you know, use that person, you're basically bastardizing their art when they're dead. And that is a ethical issue. And there's also a big ethical issue. And where does these, where do these images come from? You know, and that leads me into the next one, which is, and this is something I haven't done in great depth. Uh, I know that uh, my wife and friends of mine have gotten and read some of the legal documentation on Midjourney stuff, because um, this is the one I use. But I would strongly suggest that you find the legal documentation on this stuff um, and ask yourself, like, do you own this? What are your rights as a consumer and user of this new tool? Um, the, as far as I understand, and I could be wrong, is, and I'm just referencing Midjourney, is that Midjourney, when you use it, they own they own it, I believe. Um, and I think that's to protect them because they're using a tool which basically uses the internet to recreate imagery and they're selling that tool to users like myself to use. And it's not unethical, but it is unethical because it's, they're using other artists to make things, but they're remixing. So it's this massive remix machine. It's a, it's a, it's a thin line. It really is. And, um, I think the legal side of this stuff and the ethical side of things is going to be, I would hope it would be coming to, to the surface sooner than later, because, um, I think it's important for us to realize that when we are taking something from somebody that we acknowledge it, and that we don't necessarily own it. Um, but that's a thin line, you know? I, I This is uh, pose another thought to you is that, and I see this all the time, and it's artists aping other artists where they say, they see something online and they go, that's really cool. And they basically rip that off. And then they post it up and they're like, cool, check out my thing. And, it's, and we all look at it and go, one, if you, especially if you know, we all look at it and go, well, cool, but like you didn't make it a new thing. You kind of just took that thing and, and evolved it past. And that's, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if it's, if it's a study for you to understand your craft and why you love what you do. And a lot of us, myself included do that, but it also is, uh, you not necessarily, necessarily adding to the ecosystem of art itself. So these are, this is another controversial talk. <laughs> I'll keep moving. Um, then the, the next kind of controversial thought I had was craft and process are not the leading forces. And I touched on this a little earlier. Um, the creative, curious, imaginative minds now drive once again. And I really love that. I love that the creative, curious, imaginative minds are now driving this thing. Um, by remixing everything, there we're taking we're using this tool and if you're creative and you're curious and you have a sense of imagination, well then that you're going to do wonderful in this space because you're going to be able to basically manage this thing and make something really crazy from it. And I find that to be really interesting. Again, like, as I mentioned, like craft and process aren't necessarily the Kings anymore. 
I am a CG artist. I use all these tools. I am, I don't really, how do I explain this without offending? I, I, I love the, I love the things that I use and I also hate them. I have to use two computers. I have to use like multiple different programs because they don't communicate. And it's just a, it's a mind fuck. It really is. And it sucks. It sucks to, uh, constantly be battling against like simple things. And that's what I would call craft and process when it's really annoying, when it works, it's great. It's awesome. And I can communicate, um, and use that tool greatly, but this is a little bit of a faster way. And I think it's really fascinating. And I think that it's almost like you can leapfrog over a lot of this unwanted noise and drama and get to a place faster, which is at the end of the day, your whole goal with making art and digital art is to be frustrated and upload software and deal with customer service. Well, hats off to you. That's not my pursuit. But if the pursuit of your purpose for making art and digital art is to understand who you are further to share your work with the world and communicate that with, with others and, and just strictly create imagery and, and, and things that create emotion. Well, then maybe this is something that's interesting for you to, to look into because I think it's really interesting. I do love process. I just want that. I want it to be clear. I do enjoy process and I do share a lot of my process. Um, I do talk a lot about process, but I'm also aware that that's not always the case. I think it's a balance between the two. You know, I waver some days. I I think that process, I hate process and some days I love it and I just want to focus on it because process in my mind kind of symbolizes the journey and this AI prompt thing symbolizes more the destination. And I sometimes love the journey. And I, and I think the, probably the most important thing about life is, is to enjoy the journey. So again, this is a complicated thing and I'm still processing it, but I think that with this AI stuff, it's with this new tool, it's, it's, it's made for the creative, curious, imaginative mind. And I think that's fascinating. And, and I love to see where that's going to take it. The next disruptive controversial potential thought is that taste style matter more than ever. You know, I feel, I still think that they matter obviously no matter what, but now if you remove all of these barriers of entry for people, it's going to come down to taste and style. And and so I've, I've seen, I've seen various friends interact with this software and this bot or whatever you want to call it, this AI artificial intelligent image creation thing. And I did some experiments personally and I would ask friends like, oh, you know, have you seen this? Have you tried it? And they would try it and I would see what they would make. And they would ask me like, what prompt did you use for that? And I said, I wouldn't tell them because I'm like, I'm curious to see what you're making, you know? And then they would do it and I would be like, oh, that's interesting because instantly I can tell what their mind jumps too quickly and it really exposes what's inside yourself. Like it's almost like a mirror to your self, like your, your consciousness, which is really interesting. And it also just shows your taste and style and it shows it right there, which I it's, and it does it instantly, which it goes, Hey, are, do you, do you think deeply or do you have taste and what's your taste and what's your style? 
you know, I think a lot of times people, and I look at it and I see it is that things are so immediate and so vapid. And so, I don't know, transparent and disposable nowadays. Um, and I think taste is completely lost. You see it with like people get inspired by a thing like, let's say cyberpunk. Let's just use that as an example. And people go, Oh cool. Cyberpunk, blah, blah, blah. A video game comes out and that's a thing. And then, um, people that are into cyberpunk, they don't realize where that stuff kind of comes from. And then they don't understand the intrinsic connection to those things. And I think that, I think that the taste then gets kind of watered down and that kind of evolves into the style. So I think this thing really gets into understanding like really what is your taste? Do you understand where things come from? Where do, where do things come from and how to understand that? And that's just literally being a student and a, and a lover and observer of all of this stuff. You know, I think that, you know, being an artist and being connected to it, I think is really, it's really important to understand where things come from and ask yourself, you know, why do I like this thing? And I think that taste and style kind of connect to it. This is something I'll say, and I'll say it over and over and you'll hear it all the time is I believe that my style and your style and everybody else's style comes from your failures and everything that rise to the surface. Your style is everything that you've taken past your, your failure point. And that's really what your style is. And every artist that has an incredible style that I love, it's because they failed beyond everybody else and found something that only themselves could, you know, pull out of that failure. The next potential controversial thought that I have is no one human in history of image creation could come close to the reality speed ability of what this new tool produces. I mentioned this prior, but like name a person that could do this at the same speed reality reliability and the ability basically <laughs> like there's not there's no human and this is a really this is a really eye-opening thing that if if no human can in history can do this then what does that really say you know what are we doing here and i think that this is is really eye-opening honestly because this machine has already surpassed all of us this concept of what we're giving this thing and it's feeding off off of all of us, it's surpassed us. It's surpassed the individual artist by it's just past us. It's beyond us. And it's gone further than any of us could go individually. And that's crazy. It's really crazy. And it's wonderful too. It's also really special because if you de- if you believe in development, if you believe in progression, then you want you want this stuff. You want to be inspired, you want to be challenged, you want to be questioned and you want to be evolving. And all of those things involve pain and all I I've, at least I a lot in, in certain degrees and I think that this is is you really we really need to look at this and go like damn We've been surpassed. Artists individually have been surpassed. And it's fascinating. Um, I could be wrong, but I really do feel that there's, there's, you, you can't name a person that's as fast as this. And 
um, the ability and the reality that it creates. Um, sure, there's there's exceptions, but I can't think of one. Um, maybe you can, but I can't. It's a whole new thing. Um, the next controversial thought I had was that it shows us how simple we truly are. When I watch people interact with this, so on MidJourney, you have um, your own private kind of thing, which I have because I paid for it. You have like a private section where you can just make your own prompts and explore. And for full disclosure, I've made like thousands of images using this and I've not released or shared any of them online. I don't like, uh, I, I find this as, as being more of an experiment rather than like, this is my art and claiming it as mine. It doesn't feel right to me, but that's just me. If you do that, then hey, that's your thing. Um, but this thing really shows us how simple we are. I think it shows when I see it in like the main thread, I look at what people are creating it and it goes, I just go, oh, cool. Like everything's a remix. Cool. And people are often, we are all pretty simple minded and we get, um, we're for the most part, we're all kind of simply, um, following the same emotional paths basically. So one thing makes somebody laugh, makes another laugh and so on and so forth. And it's kind of disarming and interesting too. It shows us how simple we are. We truly are. And if you don't believe me, like look at the art that's being made um, or if whatever you want to call it, we need a new art. We need a new term for this because it could, I guess it is art, but it's, it's an interesting form, a new form, but it really does. And when I see all of the art that's coming out of it, it just shows me like, Oh, like we're all pretty simple. Um, and the trends in which we make things and the things that we make, uh, they're all pretty simple. Um, and, and a lot of ways, which I think is interesting. And I, and I, and I mentioned it earlier. The other thought was that, you know, it's really a mirror into your inner mind and consciousness. So when you first encounter this and first communicate with it, um, you know, it's like a sci-fi film where a human interacts with an alien being. It's kind of like your first communication with this thing is, is usually pretty primitive and quite crap, uh, which is also kind of funny, but it really shows your inner mind and consciousness until you start to understand like how it communicates and how to manipulate it and how to work with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it reacts so rapidly and it's so interesting and it really does if you're just kind of having a conversation with it, it does expose your inner mind, I think, and your inner consciousness. At least I've seen that in mine as kind of a psychological study. I think it's really fascinating. I do feel also that it's kind of a Google image search of the future. So if you're new again to this thing, you've not used it, imagine searching for something on Google. This is how I explain it to everybody. When, especially like non-art people, I say, you know, this thing is almost like when you search for something on Google, instead of getting random things or hitting the mark, maybe 50, 60%, you can get closer to like 90, 95%. And the more articulate you are with your taste and style and how you can articulate the, your taste and style, you can get even closer. Soon enough, I'm thinking that we will be able to see what's in our imagination as like a fluid transfer, which is going to be wonderful and very interesting. And again, another paradigm shift will occur. Uh, the other controversial thought I had was there's a trend following redundancy. Uh, I wonder what I meant by this. I need some of these things that forgive me. They're like runoff thoughts that I have. Um, you know, I, I think I was referring to when I look at 
collective art websites such as Behance and ArtStation, which are great. Um, but I get, I, I think I share this with a lot of people is like when I go on these sites, I just get overwhelmed. Um, I get overwhelmed with inspiration, but I also just get simply overwhelmed by the magnitude of art. And the thing that I also get overwhelmed by is, is the wave of trends and going like, Oh, okay, well that person is, uh, doing this using that tool and they're basically aping that thing. Cool. And then that becomes a trend and so on and so forth. And, um, you see it with AI art too. Like it's the same thing happening again. And I would, I would, um, and I'm asking, asking this of myself too. I would, I would suggest and employ and challenge you to fight that urge to make the pretty picture that would potentially get you, um, I don't know, I, I basically following a trend. I would say, try something else, you know, use this tool and see what comes of it. Um, this is something that I mentioned at the talk in London and it's a thought that I've had for a while now is, is when it comes to mid journey, the, this AI prompt bot art thing, it's called mid journey. It's not called end journey. It's in its name. It's not designed to be, you know, you make the thing and then you're done. It's, it's a, it's a wonderful name actually, um, for what it actually should be doing. In my opinion, it's still, it's a mid journey. It's not, it's not the end thing when you make it, um, anytime I've interacted with it or used it as a device and a tool, um, I've realized that it's actually something that if I can get it to 80% there, then I would manipulate it to the final. And it's akin and similar to what we would call photo bashing, which is taking images and kind of collaging them together and manipulating them. And that's kind of a common thing that's happened for the past decade or so. In the digital art space, I think it's the same with this. So instead of Google searching for certain things, you use this AI prompt, you gather it, it gets you about 80% there, and then you can take it the last 20% and then bring it to the final mark. So, which is really interesting. Um, the last of my controversial thoughts is it's just another tool to be used. And I think it needs to be used, studied, and hardest. I really do not suggest that you fear it. I think that you should embrace it. I really do. I've seen a lot of fear around this and um, I would strongly suggest learning about it, reading about it. Um, if you don't, mark my words, you're going to be left in the dust. It's just the world's changing faster than any of us want it to be. <laughs> I don't want it to change as fast as it is, as it is but I also love that it is. Um, but if you don't, you're literally going to just be left in the dust. If you're an image creator and you've not used at least one of these three things and we better, I would, I would definitely get on the board and just understand it. If anything, if the least thing you could do is just watch a couple YouTube videos where people are walking you through how it works. Um, because it's fascinating. And if you're into being into digital art, into image creation, into art in general, uh, it's definitely something for you to educate yourself with. So predictions, I do feel like there's some really interesting things that are happening. And right now it's, it's evolved so well in the 2d space with somewhat low res image creation. 
it's gotten crazy. We're now able to feed images back into it and modify and adjust it. And then, um, which I think Disco Diffusion was able to do, but I think Stable Diffusion is doing now. And I know Midjourney is doing it now, but the 2D game is getting better and better. So what's next after 2D? I think that the next one I'm hoping is going to be, well, now we can make a 2D image. Well, let's make a 3D image. And that's going to be really wild because being able to AI randomize things in the 3D realm is going to be so wild because now we can kind of get crazy in a dimensional space and that's going to add to the metaverse and feeding the metaverse and we're going to have AI, you know, art generating everything, which is going to be super nuts. Um, so that's my one of my predictions and I'm hoping for and I'm sure really smart programmers and designers are probably working hard at that right now the next one is i think that this stuff is gonna start animating in films i've seen some animations i've seen some people do some animations i looked into doing it um it's really awesome it mostly just looks like psychedelic art still um this isn't what i'm talking about when i say animations i still think it's awesome it's really fascinating it's really cool to look at um but i'm thinking animations is probably the next big move and what i mean by that is let's say like I give it a prompt and I say, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And, uh, that's exactly what I give it. And then I say, you know, frame rate this and this duration and, you know, in the style of Otomo and a motorcycle chase and blah, blah, blah. And you give it all these things and maybe you give it some examples of stuff and you feed it into it and it kicks you back a new animation and that's going to be insane. And I'm pretty sure we're going to head that way. And that's also going to go into films and films, you know, it's like, look at the term film. It's based on like a material that you use to capture light. And for the most part, people don't use film anymore. We use digital stuff, which is now data. So all of these things are becoming dinosaurs of their time. And it's sad because I love all these things, but at the same time, that's just how it goes. This is my future uh, predictions, but in the future, I really do believe that we're going to be able to go, I'm feeling like this and I would like to feel like that. And here is a prompt or a request. And then the AI makes a movie for you. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. So, um, and a movie again is a term that's used for something that this new thing is not going to be, it, it can't, it can't be called those things. It's going to evolve past it. Number three is the deep fake stuff. If you haven't seen the deep fake stuff, it's insane. Um, I was talking with a couple friends of mine recently. One of the biggest hurdles for CGI is the uncanny valley, which is recreating a human in the CGI world. And right now, well, before deep fake technology and stuff was existing, uh, it was incredibly difficult. I don't think I've ever seen a fully like fledged, great realistic version of a human you guys might be like, Oh yeah, this and that, but no, it does. It didn't exist. Like be honest with yourself. Look at it. Now the thing that you're thinking of, look at it again and you'll see flaws in it. Um, the best that I've ever seen was the Rachel's character in Blade Runner 2049. I think they did an outstanding job with that. That team did an incredible job, but that was a huge team of incredible artists that made that. Um, but, you know, companies like ILM and these incredible talented people, it's hard for them to crack it. But this deep fake thing, I feel like is really the missing link because it's using half of the 
current real stuff and then half of the digital stuff. And I think it's a perfect blend between the two. And you're not going to be able to, f- to trust anything again, even further that you see or encounter in a digital form. It's going to be so wild. Um, and then there's the neural radiance fields, the nerf stuff, which is, which is nuts. Look into that. If you haven't, uh, we mentioned it and talked a little bit about it on the podcast they did with people, but the neural radiance fields is insane. Combine that with AI and then deep fake. And then we're just going to be in like, what the fuck realm? going to be crazy uh closing thoughts things to think about uh artists still have value you have value i have value if you're being authentic and connected to yourself and making things with a pursuit and purpose and a goal in mind well then you have value don't lose that don't think that this is going to replace you have a higher sense of knowing who you are um and also believe in yourself. You know, this is important. (laughs) This is an important part. Um, this all is in its nascent state. I would suggest and highly recommend that you spend some time and become an early adapter adopter of this because, um, there will never be a time ever in the future where this thing is where it is now. So it's important to understand it now and embrace it and see, you know, don't fear it, see what you can do with it. And, um, be open-minded for towards it, you know? And, you know, this is something I touched on in my talk. And I think that it's something that I'm going to push as far as I can with myself and hopefully with yourself as well Is like, you must have a deep understanding of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. That's, that's a universal law, right? We should, we should all know that. And I think that you really must have a spiritual connection and, 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 and purpose with the work that you make. I think that's what makes you you and it makes you special. And it also makes you stand out amongst the crowd is to have a deeply rooted spiritual or whatever word you want to use a connection with your purpose and pursuit with the work that you create. It's very, very, very important in this time when everything is shifting and everything is flipping on itself. That'll be the thing that you can cling to. That'll be the thing that has the most value to you and the world at large authenticity is and always will be the highest form of human currency. I really believe that there's other things. Of course, you know, we talk about time a lot, but I think authenticity is really the more I think about it, the more I realize that, you know, this is really, really, really key is having the highest form of currency, which is you being authentic and creating your best work by being yourself. So, well, that's the last slide there, but, Anyways, I'll jump over to the webcam, say goodbye to everybody. But anyways, this is a, this is a long solo episode. I don't, I didn't know how long these are going to be. It's almost like an hour. Um, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, this is just, it's wild. It's crazy. Um, it's what a, what a time to be alive. It really truly is. It's scary and awesome and wonderful. I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope it inspires you. I really hope that if you are afraid of this, that this maybe took a little bit of the edge off and got you to think about this a little bit more and consider looking into it and trying it. That would be amazing. For those of you that are already doing it, maybe it gives you something to chew on and think about. If you're making something and you're just doing it for trends and likes and follows, like, 
yeah, more power to you. But that's a well that's shallow. Dig deeper into it. Understand who you are and have fun doing it. All right, everybody. That's enough of this solo episode. Much love to you and your families. Hope you have a wonderful holiday and be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>